Welcome back, everybody, to the Ballhawks podcast. And today, you know, we're back, Jesse, Jack, and Drew, uh, after a week hiatus. And, uh, you know, we are going through the uh, home stretch of our, you know, second semester of our freshman year. And, uh, Jesse, how are you feeling? Uh, you know, as you know, uh, as we all know, you were sick, so that's why we weren't here. Um, and then, unfortunately, now Jack, I'm sick. Now Jack is sick, but we're all here. And, we're actually glad to be back and talk a little bit uh, about free agency and, and the draft a little bit. So, but before we do that, Jesse, how are you doing in general? How's your how's your life going lately? I'm feeling great, Drew. Yeah, like you just mentioned it, it's crazy. We only got a month left here, and we'll be done our first year. I just came back from having lunch with my tour guide who's graduating, and it's crazy to see the different points we are in our lives. Like, he's graduating, I'm just finishing out my first year. Like, I can't imagine. It, it flew by this year. It just flew by for me. And to think that we only have three more years left and I'll be the same place walking the stage, like, yeah, he must be so excited to to graduate and get his degree. But, yeah, I'm feeling great. You know, like you said, I was sick the last week, so I've just been trying to keep healthy, uh, get some rest and whatnot. You know, there's been a lot of people on our floor that have been sick, yeah. including now Jack. Just like me. Yeah, so it's not very fun, but... Yeah, you just gotta you know get some rest, fight it, and come back. But yeah, how are you? How are you guys feeling? Sick. Yeah. <laughs> Enough said, that's, right? That's Enough fair. said. Um, personally, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I'm just trying to take it one day at a time. There's yeah. always something I either have to do, I have to get done, but that's just college. Yeah. Just like getting sick and sicknesses going around the dorm is that's just college. That just is what it is. It comes in ways, but. I'm just glad we're able to talk, you know, just for 30, 40 minutes about, you know, what our teams have done, what other teams have done. And, and speaking of what other teams have done, the Seattle Seahawks, Jesse, uh, made a nice little addition with a familiar name uh, that, uh, you know, is synonymous with Seahawks fandom. And I just want to know how you feel and just how you feel about <laughs> the state of the team about, you know, less than a month away from the draft. Yeah, so I'm feeling really, really excited for this team. You know, we get Bobby Wagner, we sign him to the one-year deal, and I'm just pumped, man. It's great to have him back. I don't know if he looked too comfortable in Los Angeles, and I know there's a couple teams that he was looking at, like Dallas, possibly Indianapolis, that were looking and calling him to maybe come play. But I'm just happy that Seattle got him back. He looks very pumped to be back on his social media. And, uh, yeah, in the state of our team, in regards to that, I love the off-season moves we made. I know we did an episode a couple weeks back on it. But just especially for our defense, who has been, you know, one of the worst in the last three or four years as far as giving up points mm -hmm. and yards, it's really great to see that they're finding adjustments and switching things up. Because, you know, when you see the same thing year in, year out, and no changes are made, it's really frustrating as a fan. So, yeah, like, I know we went over before, but just buffing up our defense, signing Jaron Reed, signing Draymond Jones, signing Devin Bush, signing Julian Love, individually signing Bobby Wagner, like, individually for those players, it might not look like a whole lot, but when you add them five or six together and you put this on a defense that's already going to be having Jamal Adams and Jordan Brooks come back, it's it looks pretty good to me, so I'm really pumped for it. And I think that's the key. Those those two names that you mentioned, uh, you know, towards the end of that statement, uh, Jamal Adams, his health uh, has been, you know, a very very big concern. 
And it just is what it is. He hasn't played a lot of football lately. And then, obviously, Jordan Brooks, who is a really good football player, uh, he gets hurt. So, it, you have to – that defense is really going to be dependent on health and how guys come back. But on paper, if all those variables work out, it the defense should be better, right? For sure. No, and that's the biggest thing is when you're giving up the league worst in yards right. – you have to make adjustments. Now, whether that's defensive coordinator, we already went through that. Right. We fired Kenny, um, and we brought in the new guy. I forget his name. But, yeah, we've, we've been down that road. Now it's the players. We're adding more buff to the positions like linebacker and D-line, which we need. Right. And I'm really excited for what they can do. This is, you know, we saw the Legion of Boom be dominant for so long, and it's time that a new era in Seattle is born. Okay. All right. Um... So I'll kind of go into the Giants a bit. You know, we, we covered a lot of what the Giants have done uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, but the Giants have kind of made, you know, some small moves here and there, uh, sp- specifically with the wide receiver position. As you know, Paris Campbell, um, uh, obviously the trade with Darren Waller, who, you know, picked his number this week. He uh, picked the number 12, which I don't really know how I feel about that. But That's a really weird number for a tight end. For a tight end, that's a weird number. But then I, I did a little bit more research, and I guess he wore that in Baltimore. Um, for a long sweet Tom Brady. When he was, uh, you know, kind of on their practice squad for a long time, and then obviously made his way back to uh, the Raiders. Uh, but I'm just overall excited about the team. Like, I'm, I've enjoyed from afar watching Joe Shane use the second and third wave of free agency to really put depth on this team. I think when you're the Giants and you had that surprise year like that, uh, maybe other front offices and regime, regimes would take that as a sign to – you know, really splurge in free agency and really go for it. But I like that they've stick to their approach since they came in. Like, they're, they're going to take their time with this thing. They're going to build through the draft, which I think is the right formula in building a good team. Uh, you can go out in free agency and sign all the big names to these big contracts, but I don't really ever remember there being an example of a team uh, going out and splurging in free agency and, and you know, exponentially getting better. Like long term, short term, you patch holes and you you fix mistakes on your team. But you know when you draft well, you're just longevity of your team and the, the potential of your team. It, it just is a better outlook. So I'm I'm happy that you know Joe Shane understands the state of his roster and knows that the small moves are just what it's going to take. And then obviously hitting on your draft picks. And then sorry, I was I was just looking at the the stats. Sorry, yeah, uh, I just wanted to add basically what I was going back to saying. Ken Norton, they fired Ken Norton Jr. and brought in Clint Hurd. Those were the names. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't know them offbeat. Hey, that's okay. You know now. That's yeah. all that matters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to what you were saying with the Giants, I like what they're doing, and I think Brian Dable has the right mindset and the right crew. And I really love their offense and the pieces that they've brought in. And it's going to be fun to watch for not only you, but every New York Giants fan because – Let's face it, they're going to be, they're going to be, I mean, they were good, but like, they're going to be even better. And, and looking around the division, uh, specifically, I feel like the Cowboys definitely made a couple moves that, that definitely have me, you know, a little, a little bit, you know, not excited. You know, Stefan Gilmore, you got, you trade, what, a fifth round pick for Stefan Gilmore, who is still a very productive player. Like, obviously, he's not, you know, 2019 Defensive Player of the Year, Stefan Gilmore, but he's still a guy who can, cover a side of the field and lock down a really good receiver. And then, obviously, Brandon Cooks. I mean, Brandon Cooks was producing with Davis Mills as his quarterback. And, and, and Brandon so Cooks has been on, like, every prominent team ever. Yeah, and so, you know, Dak Prescott, 
say what you want, but he's better than Davis Mills. So when I looked around the division, I, I think the Cowboys and, you know, they got Zeke off. They finally <coughs> just ended the whole Zeke thing. Like, that it, it was time, you know, yeah. it, it was good while it lasted, but, you know, Tony Pollard is such a, a dynamic pl- player that it was finally time for them to move on. Um, but just looking around the league, you know, specifically in um, the NFC, I, I feel like slowly um, the the NFC is getting better. Like the teams are starting to, you know, finally – uh, become better because obviously we know the AFC is the AFC. Yeah, but, I mean um, you had like last year, obviously the Eagles, Eagles, but but other than that, it seemed most of the football games were ran in the AFC. Right. All the big dogs are from the AFC, and not to switch topics, but that's kind of how it is in the NHL this year going into the playoffs. Is all the East teams are the powerhouses? Yeah, you have like you know Dallas and the Golden Knights, but it's interesting to see how that is in sports some years where just the one. The one conference is just better. Basically, what he's saying is that the Sharks should win the title. <laughs> the West is wide open. The San Jose Sharks can come in and sweep. Yes. Swoop in, win the title. Yes. Um, Seven, eight years ago, absolutely. <laughs> um, but I think that it's good. It is an exciting time, I feel like. Obviously, the NFL, and I've told Jack this, they structure their league calendar so well because the Super Bowl is in February. Then after the Super Bowl, you have scouting combines. You have... You know, actually, like, directly after the Super Bowl, you have Senior Bowl, Scouting Combines, Pro Days, then you got the draft. And then after that, then you've got off-season OTAs, and then before you know it, the season is here. And I think the league does a really good job of keeping NFL fans interested. Yeah. Well, that's, like, definitely one thing. Like, if we were an NBA podcast, right, and you try to do that every week over the off-season NBA, because, like, so, Kawhi Leonard's playing the Clippers, and then, you know, they're like, Kawhi Leonard's playing the Clippers uh, last week. <laughs> right. Uh, two weeks later. Kawhi Leonard, uh... He has officially, officially, officially signed the Clippers. The contract has been signed. He's an LA Clipper. Right. Just repeating the same thing. Exactly. But with the NFL, I think the NFL is finally, uh, you know, the NBA, you know, when their offseason comes, um, it's kind of become in the NBA, it's like trade deadline is kind of when you really see the the, the most action start. But the NFL, just year-round, there's always something going on. And I, I just want to touch on that. Uh, you know, like, I do a hockey podcast, and football is like any other sport. is like none, nothing like any other sport when it comes to podcasts, in my opinion. And the fact that you can do an episode pretty much, like, every week and find, Something like, new about. stuff to talk about. And, yeah, there's stuff going on in all sports. But, you know, I just feel like with the season and how it's structured, you know, with the different weeks and whatnot, and during the off season. All the stuff that you mentioned, Drew, I feel like there's so much to talk about week in and week out that it's easier to collaborate mm-hmm. and discuss than any other sport. Than any other sport, in my opinion. And, and I feel like this is a good segue to uh, kind of harp on uh, something that I feel like we didn't talk about as much as maybe we should have, and that is compensation picks. And there is no franchise that has manipulated and used the compensation pick formula better than the San Francisco 49ers. And so the 49ers, before comp picks came out, were sitting at what? How many picks? Like in the f- four. Like maybe. four fifth-round picks, maybe? Was it? They were all, what, fifth-round picks? Well, they, they traded their two, their three, their four, their five. They did, already didn't have the one. one. They had a couple from trades. They had, like, an extra seven from a trade. They got seven compensation picks, and, like, three in the third round, a couple in the fifth. Uh, that's how they're going to, like, <laughs> build out their depth. The one thing they have that I kind of I expect them to go into the draft still having some holes they filled just about everything of like just needing like you know somebody to play the position that you kind of trust. I mean, they got a kicker. 
which I, you know what, I thought the kicker would be a draft thing, but nope, Dan Gonzalez, he's, uh, that's my kicker, um, golden ticket Dan Gonzalez, uh, <laughs> but, I mean, they don't really have that many, like, places where now, I'm like, okay, they have to draft somebody here, they kind of have left it open to be able to draft, like, who they think is the best, because there's really not positions where it's like, okay, they have to go with this, with one of those third-round picks that they have, because it goes Niners, Giants, Niners, Niners. One question I do want to touch on, not to get into a whole debate, because, you know, you could do a whole episode on it itself, but we already know that Baltimore isn't going to pay Lamar, right? So I know we made an episode or two, like, a couple weeks back, Mm -hmm. about the possibility that Lamar goes to a different team, and... Mm -hmm. You know, to your Niners, do you guys think that he'll stay in the AFC, or do you think he'll transfer over to the NFC? If he's getting traded, he's not going to be in the AFC. Yeah, yeah. The, Ravens the, the Ravens are going to make it, like Jack said. The Ravens are going to make it their mission. Yeah, if they kind of have that powwow moment. They're like, all right, Lamar, we're, we're going to trade you. Um, obviously, Lamar has come out since our last podcast and said he requested a trade as early as March second. And what's so and, great about this, if you're if the NFL fan looking through the unbiased NFL eye. The Baltimore Ravens have known that Lamar Jackson requested a trade since March 2nd, and all they've done since then is go out and sign Nelson Aguilar and let Calais Campbell walk. So here's a bigger question. Let me uh, rephrase it. You know, most often players go to the opposite conference. Mm -hmm. But let me rephrase the question. Which division in the NFC do you guys think that he's most likely to end up? The thing, the issue with it is that every team that, like, should be on Lamar Jackson... Isn't in on Lamar Jackson because ideally you look at it and the NFC South is the most suitable because there's but, like but no almost all the NFC South teams and obviously the Panthers they've kind of they're, Panthers they're, are going to the draft right. Falcons are going with Ritter for whatever reason Saints got Derek Carr because they rather pay Derek Carr a bunch of money and uh, um, so yeah you you have that where like it it from a <laughs> okay we're back we gotta take a pause because Jesse decided he thought it'd be a good idea to just you know, take his water. <laughs> <laughs> just spill on myself, yeah. yeah just, so just essentially, yeah. I was trying to get, go for a drink, and bro was a little parched. It was, it was, it was making noises. So I, I decided to unscrew the cap of it, and then when I went back a couple minutes later, I was an idiot, and, and I thought the cap was still on. So when I went up, it all came down like Niagara Falls. So, so maybe yeah. in the summer, if we, you know, are able to keep this over the summer, we'll just be on Zoom and we'll have a video. But we don't have a video of it. <laughs> just know it was hilarious, and it yeah. really it wasn't that funny. We took the pause, but you kind of hear Drew kind of go, and then we're like, all right, we gotta, we gotta pause. We just, we couldn't focus. So then after that, we go, we, yeah, I go, I go blow my nose again because I'm sick. We took a break. All right, we come back, and we listen to it back. And it's like, oh my, it made it so much funnier to the point we're on take five of redoing this. This yeah. is a. Uh, this is a moment in time. This is a, this is probably our, uh, we can classify this as like our meme podcast. Yeah, this when is, we come this back is to our, I love this. When we come back to our like discography of podcasts, <laughs> this will be the one that You're I'll You're going to hear the sound of Jesse spilling water. <laughs> um, oh, but, but Jesse water spill. Now we're, switching, we're, we're, we're switching back. back. We're, yeah. we're back. You know, hopefully we have no more, no uh, water spills. No water spills, no more accidents. This is, we're going to do this. Okay. <laughs> So, where were we? So, we were... So, I just want to touch on a couple more free agent signings, and then we can go into the mock draft with you guys. Uh, I guess we can go with the Jets as the next team. They trade Elijah Moore to the Browns. They signed Nicole Hardman, and we're still waiting to see Aaron Rodgers uh, possibly go there. What do we think about what the Jets are doing right now in their state of mind? Uh, Well, the Jets, as... Fandom 
in a franchise and a front office are just waiting for the inevitable. Like, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a New York Jet. And with that being said, uh, the Jets are, uh, have been making moves, obviously, with the wide receiver position. Like, they sign Alan Lazard. They bring in Nicole Harmon. They trade away Elijah Moore, uh, which that was just a, a sour situation between the, the, the Jets and Elijah Moore. The, Elijah Moore clearly wanted out last year. Uh, he didn't really have a good uh, connection with Zach Wilson. Um, so he goes to a better situation in Cleveland where he's going to get snaps and, you know, Deshaun Watson is his quarterback. You just, you just reminded me. I forgot that they got Alan Lazard yeah. as well. Yeah, that's crazy, though. The thing about the the trio they have now, yeah, yeah. Alan Lazard, Nicole Harmon, Garrett Wilson, yeah, it's that's, that's underrated, yeah, I feel It's like. definitely an underrated group. Uh, but, I, you know, the, the good thing that Nicole Harmon has going for him, like he was with a really great quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, and now he's going to be with a great – still a good – nah, still a great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. You know, whether now, we – Feel a certain way about Aaron Rodgers, he can still ball. And I think those two quarterbacks, if you're going to go from one quarterback to the other play style-wise, I don't really think McCall Harmon will have a hard time adjusting to Aaron Rodgers' play style. Let's think about this Jets offense, okay. potentially. You seem like you, you're really yeah. excited now. No, because yeah, you have most likely Aaron Rodgers. No, that's not most That's okay. happening. Yes, okay, happening. Just not officially yet, but happening. Okay. At some point this year, yes. you would think that's going to happen. Yes. Who okay. knows? So Aaron Rodgers, okay? Then you have Brees Hall coming right. off of the injury. He's coming back. Right. And then, like you said, Al Mazar, Nicole Hardman, Garrett Wilson. Right. That's a bomb offense in my opinion. And, and I'm not going to lie. The wide receiving core doesn't move me as much as I think it moves you. I think it moves me a I lot was, because they're young. Lazar does not move me at all. I, don't, wow. I, this is the reason why I could see it move, that wide like receiver it. core uh, being very successful. Because if you think about it, Aaron Rodgers has never had, other than like Devontae Adams, like obviously that's, he's Devontae Adams. But let's think about the wide receiver cores he had before Devontae Adams got there when he was still balling out and going to the Super Bowl winning MVPs. Like underrated Jordy Nelson, Donald Driver, those guys, ETC, et cetera, right? Yeah. They, those are guys that when they went to other teams without Aaron Rodgers didn't have the same production, didn't put up the same numbers. And I think Aaron Rodgers is older now, so naturally – you know, giving him guys, and, and, and like Alan Lazard isn't a world beater. McCole Harmon has kind of never really lived up to the hype where he got drafted. He's still, he, he can, can still, do a lot. He can still be a difference maker. With his speed, he's yeah, a weapon. Yeah, I just, I want to and touch obviously, on Honestly, out of all those guys that we mentioned, I think we can all agree, like, Garrett Wilson is going to benefit a lot. Oh, yeah, Rob yeah. is going to get him to be a pretty tight receiver in the league. The yeah. thing is, all those guys are young, and exactly. they all bring different parts of the game. So yeah. I want to see how they combine with each other and form that chemistry. You know, Alan Lazard is that big-bodied receiver. Nicole Hardman has that world-class speed. Garrett Wilson is the utility guy who just, Ooh, like... Kinda, Garrett who, Wilson kind of has Yeah, he has everything. Right. You know, he's got the hands of route running. Exactly. He just came into the league, one rookie of the year, offensive Absolutely. rookie of the year. Exactly. Like, you put all those three together, and they all bring different things. So it's going to be interesting to see how they fit into the Jets' offense. Uh, and, and the only thing for me is, right... How, it, Obviously, Aaron Rodgers wants to be a New York Jet, so he's going to be willing to work with these receivers, and he's going to be willing to be on the same page. But it's just funny now because, you know, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay was always complaining about not having weapons, um, and now he's going to have uh, some interesting <laughs> weapons. In yeah, the, so I want to I wanna know, how is he going to adjust from, in my opinion, getting the pretty boy treatment? The pretty boy, boy yeah, the pretty boy treatment. 
that means that because he's been there so long, you know, he gets status like he's an icon and he's all that. And don't get me wrong, he's a great player, but in my opinion, he has a terrible attitude mm-hmm. and his ego overshadows oh. his gameplay. Oh, and so what yeah. I want to add going on to that is how is Aaron Rodgers going to deal with going to the New York Jets and helping those receivers mm-hmm. when he's not going to get the same treatment as Green Bay. He's going to have to be willing to step outside of his comfort zone and help those guys out and learn a new system. It's not just going to be like he's going back to Green Bay. Well, yeah, but is he going to have to learn that much of a new system? Because their offensive coordinator is Nathaniel Hackett, who was their offensive coordinator in Green Bay, and then the Broncos brought him over. Oh, we're going to get Aaron Rodgers. We're going to bring him over to Nathaniel Hackett. And then they brought over Nathaniel Hackett, didn't get Aaron Rodgers. Instead, they brought in Broncos country. Let's ride. Didn't work out. Now the Jets are like, all right. I still, but I, but I still think he's going to have to change... So, like he's not just gonna be able to keep his entire game. Like he's gonna have to change some aspects, and it's gonna be how much of his ego or how much does he expect going there, and how is he gonna change? That's, that's my, true, but I don't. That's my I, question. I kind of doubt the Jets too much to like take away any of the power oh. that he had in Green Bay. He's gonna have just about as much power yeah. if not more than I, he had in Green Bay. I, I think <laughs> that's why Aaron Rodgers wants to go there because I think you know he has Nathaniel Hackett there, who obviously Aaron Rodgers likes Nathaniel Hackett because of for some reason. Because of, I guess, the way they... they the Seahawks beat Nathaniel Hackett, fun fact. <laughs> they did. That was week one. The Niners yeah. didn't. <laughs> yeah, which that is... That's, that, that's Jim, <laughs> it's, no, it's Jimmy G's <laughs> fault, right? Jimmy yeah, G's yeah. fault. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's Robbie Gold. It's, it's Robbie Gold's fault. Robbie <laughs> Robbie gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's gone. Um, but <laughs> Jimmy gone, too. <laughs> but that Aaron, Ro- uh, Aaron Rodgers' ego isn't going anywhere. I think... Part of the reason why Aaron Rodgers wants to go to New York is because I bet you there's something inside him that wonder that that wants to go to New York and still be that 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 narcissistic, you know, egotistical guy that he is. Like that's not going anywhere. And I think him in the New York market and him in the New York media, even though it's the Jets and not the Giants, um, he's gonna try to become the guy in New York. I think. Part of it is football related, but also it's you know status related and you know. And now, fun fun fact: the Jets now have the longest active playoff drought, being twelve years. Light the beam. So, yeah, that was a fun fact. I thought I should throw that in there, so it would be. And and that's why that's a good stat to point out. That's why I feel like you know Joe Douglas. um, Obviously, last year he had a really good draft, but the drafts before that, he has not been the greatest GM that everybody hides him up to be. And, and I think that's why there's a lot of pressure on him to want to bring in Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers masks the Zach Wilson mistake. Like, when you, uh. as a GM, when you miss on a, a quarterback uh, a pick, uh, especially, like, top three like that, um, if you don't find a way to bring in a guy that can mask that mistake, uh, you're going to get fired. Like, you're judged on how the quarterback turns out, and especially if your regime drafted him. So I think Joe Douglas, uh, he has to get Aaron Rodgers, and I think uh, the main reason is why is because that'll correct his mistake in drafting Zach Wilson. And, and so yeah, Aaron uh, Rodgers to the Jets. Whenever that does happen, um, now pe- people are gonna bet on the Jets to win all these things. But I, I would slow down. I think there's gonna be an adjusting period there, and I think you would agree, Jesse, that there's there's definitely gonna be a little bit of a a, a learning curve for some yeah. of those young guys. To deal with, you go from a young quarterback like Zach Wilson to an established Hall of Famer, first battle Hall of Famer, Aaron Rodgers. So you're going to have to adjust to him. 
he's the guy, and it's I want to see if he's gonna still do the same like on the field. You know, mm-hmm. if if one of those guys didn't run the the right route or didn't catch a pass that he think they should have caught, you know, you could see visible signals and frustration. Uh, I want to know if it's gonna be the same with the Jets or if he's a little bit more lenient or how he is. Probably the opposite. It's probably gonna be worse. Yeah. He's probably be like, yeah. I don't know. I think he's gonna be just. I think the power is gonna be just gonna be power struggle. And especially if they don't win, like okay, there there might be a power struggle there. But if they win, Aaron Rodgers wins. Mm-hmm. If Aaron Rodgers is playing well, the Jets are winning football games, something that they haven't done consistently in decades. Correct? Yeah. If they win, and nobody's gonna care. The media is gonna praise Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Jets fans are gonna side with Aaron Rodgers. Jets fans are gonna whatever Aaron Rodgers say is gonna be law. But if mm-hmm. they lose and Aaron Rodgers isn't playing well, and he's the main reason why they're losing. New York media, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. That the fans, Jets fans, are notoriously for turning on players. Yeah. They were so excited when they drafted Zach Wilson. They were on the Zach Wilson train until Zach Wilson failed. And what did they do? They jumped right off. And and, and Jets fans don't care that it's Aaron Rodgers if he does if he doesn't play well, <coughs> he's gonna get heckled just like if Mike White or Zach Wilson was out there not playing well. Hey Rodgers. Yeah, like Zach Wilson was getting booed like. His second year in the league, trying to figure out if like quarterback. If you don't play well, it's in New York. It's a results-based yeah. business, and so I think Jack is correct. Like I think it'll be worse. And if Aaron Rodgers doesn't ball out, I think this could just be another situation where it's just turmoil all over. And, and then now, maybe finally he'll decide to retire. Maybe just maybe. Now I'm gonna switch to a couple more teams. Uh, the Texans signed Dalton Schultz. And all-star running back Devin Singletary. All-star running back Devin Singletary yeah. is crazy, by the way. Oh, I'm playing. But, yeah, they pick up those two guys. The Texans are a team for me. You know, it's the AFC South. Or, sorry, it's the sorry, it the, the AFC, AFC South, South, right? So it hasn't been a great division for a while. And the Texans, you know, they're trying to make some moves, right? Trying to build up that roster. Build up that star power. And Dalton Schultz, solid wide or tight end number one. And Devin Singletary, while well, we know like he is solid RB three. Yeah, not very productive. But anyways, my point being is that they're looking to rebuild, right? And they get Daryl Stingley Jr. in the draft. Daryl Stingley Jr. Yeah. In the draft, mm-hmm. right? And they're looking to rebuild their team because you know, they've been bad. Look, they need Bryce Young more than anyone's ever needed Bryce Young. Yeah, and, and, and with think, that pick, getting a quarterback is a big step in the right direction. And, and I think there's there's a very likely scenario. And, and things could change, like, in a couple weeks, you know, rumors, and this is why I love the NFL draft, rumors could come out that, you know, the, the Panthers who were initially targeting a C.J. Shroud, you know, went through the pro day process and, and had interviews with both quarterbacks. And, and, well, they're interviewing all the quarterbacks. Will Levis included, and, and Anthony uh, Richardson. Um, but they, they love us at one. See what happens. In Carolina. <laughs> and, and they could come out of this and say, you know what, Bryce Young, that's the guy that we're gonna take. So, I think the Texans are in a unique situation because they might prefer one quarterback, and then one might fall in their lap, or it could be the other way around, where the quarterback they preferred goes one, and they have to settle for the guy that might <coughs> be two or even three on their board. I really hope for the Panthers' sake they're not using pro days to actually evaluate their quarterback. I, I agree. Um, but you saw what happened when the Jets did that. Exactly. Let's not forget that the Texans were decent like three or four years ago with Deshaun. You know, I know that yeah. he's had a lot going on, but 
like I really liked him in Houston. And that team with J.J. Watt and Desha- uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I really liked that team. You know, even though they didn't go too far, uh, they were fun watching. I mean, they, they never really built a defense and they were poorly coached. And yeah. now they have a coach that's going to build a defense. Exactly. Yeah, that's so they just need and the right I, pieces to right. come together. And I think they, they have the process correct now. Like, they, they went through the head coaching carousel of David Culley and, and Lovey Smith. It didn't work, and everybody from uh, across the room could tell that wasn't going to work. Okay, so now they go out and they get D'Amico. I think... That is a good start. Like, you you kind of hope if you're the Texans, you kind of hope that you have a Giants like here. Probably not gonna happen because now it's looking like the Giants had not now it always the Giants had way more than the Texans have. Like the Texans are gonna have to have like a couple more drafts mm-hmm. before I have any confidence in, of them competing in anything. Yeah. But you have to start somewhere, mm-hmm. and they, this is the third time in third year in a row they've started over. I think they got it right this time. Yeah, I can see a clear vision. I can see D'Amico in, in the front office aligned, and so you let D'Amico bring in his type of guys, and you just ride it out. And, and, <coughs> and the benefit I think they'll have is they won't have to wait years down the line to get a quarterback. It looks like they're gonna get the quarterback right away. And I think it speaks so, a lot towards the San Francisco 49ers coaching staff yeah. having these defensive coordinators being hired as head coaches in Robert Sella and D'Amico Ryan. I think it speaks a lot to their just coaching and how like knowledgeable they are that these teams that are not as better off who are looking to rebuild are wanting are wanting these coaches to mm-hmm. kind of reshape their franchise right so um, yeah and we, you know we've gone into all these podcasts about how good the 49ers have produced uh, a really sound head coaching candidates and, and in return we just touched on another podcast about how that they've been rewarded uh uh, with that via the uh, competition pick formula. But um, aside from that, I mean, yeah, the Texans, Dalton Schultz, like, Dalton Schultz uh, personally probably sold himself. Uh, uh, Nine million? Yeah. Really? He's a, he's a really good He's got to get paid more than that. And, and maybe Yikes. he will, but there's a chance in, um, there's a chance in um, Houston he'll be able to really ball out. So, <laughs> All right, and now switching to the Buffalo Bills, I just want to do a little segment on this. They signed Damian Harris from the Patriots. I think this is better than Devin Singletary. It's certainly not going to be the end-all, be-all, but it's a step in the right direction for sure. I think he's got some potential. But the question with the Bills is, what do they have to do differently to win? You know, I was watching a couple podcasts and, they were interviewing Stefan Diggs, and they were talking about just the success of the Bills. And he was saying, yeah, man, like it feels like we've done everything right you know, for the last however many seasons, and we just can't get over that hump. It seems every time playoffs come around every year, we find ourselves stuck at square one, where we just can't get past the playoffs and get go make deep runs. So I, I'm, it's really like... It'd be frustrating for Bills fans because you feel like you have the team and the coaches, but you're getting the same result year in, year out. And so, I don't know. Obviously, they, they need to find a running back like that's a number one running back. Like I don't know if Damian Harris is that guy. He might be a replacement as of right now. We'll have to see what he looks like. They might have to draft another running back. They already drafted one, but... Like in and Delvin Cook's brother, what's his name? James uh, Cook. Yeah, James that, Cook. That but he hasn't well so he hasn't done very well. So the Bills are kind of in some turmoil because they've had a really good team now for probably the last three four years, 
and the results have not been there. So I don't know how many more years you can go without making any progress before there's there's some big like big consequences coming up because Kansas City, let's be honest, they own the AFC like five AFC conferences conference championships in a row. And, and then they've got, got the two Bengals, Super Bowls. Right. Like, and yeah. then you've got the Bengals who are going to continuously. Yeah, as so long the, as the, the Bills, in my opinion, yeah. are in some trouble. Yeah. Like, they're they're not, it's not looking too hot right now. Yeah. And I think with the, the Bills, it's uh, from afar, like, I'm looking on, you know, just social media surfing, and, and, and Stefan Diggs has had a lot of say lately. Yeah. Like you mentioned. Like, yeah. and, and one thing that we've known ever since he got there is the very close, tight knit relationship him and Josh Allen had. All of a sudden, that relationship is not sunshines, rainbows, and peaches right now. There is a clearly some, for whatever reason, Stefan Diggs has felt some type of way about the Bills and, and them not going far, and I understand that. Um, but Stefan Diggs, like, you know, maybe you need to look, man in the mirror, maybe you need to look in the mirror and value how you performed in these big high-stakes playoff games. You know, instead of blaming maybe, uh, you know, Josh Allen or, or others or the team, maybe he should self-reflect it and take responsibility. Um, so now you have a, div- a potential division. I don't know. It might not be there. It may, it may be uh, there. Um, and then you, you touch on the Bills' flaws, you know, offensively. Like, they've continuously the last few years gone to the draft and tried to correct and fix the running back position. It hasn't worked. And, and for other – like, I get it. Like, other teams have done that, and it works. Like, you look at the San Francisco 49ers, like – that, that formula can work, but they just haven't hit on the picks that they've had. So now they're in a position now where, like, you know, this is a good running back class. Like, I like Jameer Gibbs. I mm-hmm. like Tank Bixby. I, I like B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson is probably – I like Devin A. Chain. De- Devin A. Chain, who is a speed demon, like track star. Like, Texas A&M running back, a really talented running back who in the right system can be a good player. So there are a lot of guys they could go back to that draft well and say, you know what, we're just going to keep doing it until one hits. Um but, you know, the Bills have to look at the 49ers and saw what they did when they added a guy like Christian McCaffrey, changed the trajectory of their season. And the other thing I want to say for the Bills is, yeah, they don't got Tom Brady in the division who owned the division for, like, I don't know, 20 years. Mm-hmm. But you're looking around at the teams, right? Mm-hmm. Miami's freaking good, man. Mm-hmm. And they got a team that's going to ball. Like, they already balled, but they're going to be even better. And then you look at the Jets and the star power that they're acquiring, right? Mm-hmm. Getting Aaron Rodgers, basically. And then you look at, um, sorry, Jets, um, Dolphins, Patriots. Who's the other team? Thank you, Patriots. You look at the Patriots, and Lamar, there's been rumors that he might be looking at Patriots, might not be, whatever. But the Patriots are still solid, right? And you look at the division, and it's not just like the Bills are going to walk over everyone in that division. So not only do they have problems figuring out their identity as a team, but everyone else is getting better around them. So if they can't figure some things out soon, they're going to be in for some trouble. Yeah, and there's a, a world where the Bills um, you know, are looking up next year, and they're not the king of, of that division. No, and that's because, what I'm saying. Because the Jets can have a... a a run in in the season where they rip off four or five straight and they beat teams in the division and Aaron Rodgers is looking like an MVP form just from a couple years ago by the way like there's so many variables to this thing that if you're the Bills and you're Bills fans you're definitely more concerned than you have been the last couple years specifically because you didn't perform the way you wanted to in the playoffs Um, 
you, you <coughs> went out and obviously like not having Von Miller hurts, but like still. You can't you can't base your team around one one, pl- one player. That's the thing. And exactly. yeah, he's he's a difference maker right. for sure. There's no denying that. But you have to you still have to play. You can't like I know we watched the game against Cincinnati and they just looked out of it from yeah. the beginning. Looked like they, and that's know, the thing. they didn't even look like the home team. Unfortunately the NFL and just like any sport is not regular season only. Like you have to show up in the playoffs. And what the common theme that I'm seeing with the Bills is that the regular season is awesome, you know? They lock up the playoffs. They look really good. Everyone's high on in. But once the playoffs time rolls around and that Sunday or Saturday game happens, they look like a completely different team. And they just, yeah, they look lethargic, just not themselves. So they got to change that, whatever is going on. I agree. Um, <laughs> so I feel like, I don't know about you guys, do we have anything more to talk about? No. We can save the mock draft for next time. Yeah. Uh, no, next podcast. There's probably, there's probably been a lot of odd sounds in this one, unfortunately. Yeah. This has been a very funny, very funny, yeah. very meme-worthy podcast. Sorry but, for the sneezes and coughs. But hopefully next week. And Jesse's water spill. Yes. Uh, hopefully next <laughs> I'm week. I'm not sorry. No. <laughs> Je- Jesse is not sorry, by the way. Uh, but next week, we're hitting the ground running. Uh, we're we're going to be back in the groove of things with a mock draft. Um, and it's very exciting because, uh, for Jesse's sake, uh, his team, you know, two first-round picks. Um, so there's a lot to talk about in that department. I've heard a lot of rumors about you guys taking a specific polarizing quarterback prospect that we will get into next podcast. Um, uh, thanks for everybody for listening. Uh, we hope to uh, have a noise-free, for the most part, podcast, but you never know. I'll probably just drop my phone and yeah, that's the one thing that didn't happen today, because you know. And I called that. We, we were like eighth. Well, to be fair, you know what? Jesse and Drew, they normally sit. Je- Jesse on the right side where the mic is, and Drew the left, and me kind of in the back. Today, Jesse and Drew have kind of switched spots. And Jesse, or not you, Jesse. Drew's had the desk to put his phone on. I have. And he's had it on the desk instead of having it like on his thighs the entire time. <laughs> so that's why this hasn't happened. But guess what? But, that will be back. Me and Jesse will be in our usual spots, yeah. and we're going to have a fun mock draft Friday. Saturday and again, this will be great if we can get video over the summer when we do this. Oh, yes. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. Really appreciate you. I know this episode was a bit funny and a bit different, and I like that for one. It's nice to switch it up. And Absolutely. I hope we're all uh, healthy. It wasn't all intentional. Hopefully. It really wasn't. No. Uh, we really, we really, at <laughs> Jesse Carson, <laughs> yeah. you know, but this is, you know, the side that we wanted to bring to you guys. Um, we're just. Three guys who love talking sports and we're just being ourselves. So thank you guys for listening and uh, tune in next time. Thank you.